Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. My name is Maze McCabe and I'm the UK editor. And I'm Matt Barker and I'm Features Editor. So today we're going to look ahead to the World Cup, which kicks off next month, if you can believe it. Matt, how are you feeling about a Winter World Cup? I'm quite excited. The short answer is if there's 22 people kicking a ball around a field, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm kind of having to steel myself to embrace the strangeness of it. I, th- I think if you look back at any World Cup, uh, it always tends to be summer. It tends to be a beer garden. There's barbecues going on. There's people in short-sleeved replica shirts. There's not going to be any of that this year. It's going to be 20th of November, gloomy, gloomy midwinter. Um, it's going to be different, but I think it's it's going to be fun as well. I think there's there's challenges and opportunities. Great, and you were England supporter. I'm a long-suffering England supporter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not been so bad in recent years. It's been pretty good, but I mean, I, I just think what happened uh, last year with the with the delayed Euros was a bit of a. I don't know, I still can't quite believe it happened. What, that we almost that we, won? We got to the final, we almost won. Yeah, we went right down to Penelope's Sunday night, and, that yeah. was a, a big hangover probably for I people. I keep having to explain to young people this doesn't normally happen. It <laughs> quite possibly will never happen again in your lifetime. You know. Fabulous. Uh, well, we've, you know, we've, we've actually won a tournament now. So, have, yeah. you know, maybe it's, like, things can only get better, perhaps. In the Autumn Magazine, which came out last month, we had a feature from Arvin Hickman, our media editor on the World Cup, which coincides with Christmas for the first time, which is a particularly important period for the UK advertising industry. Matt, for you, what are the key takeaways in the article? For marketeers and for agencies are having to decide, there's so many sort of issues at stake here. It's basically football or festivities, which is which is kind of one of the big things. The two Fs. Where, yeah. Where, where do you put your money? Um, and, and that's kind of the crux of it all, really. It's a lot of this is about the other F, which is financing. Um, you know, so that, that's going to be problematical for so, so many people. You've then got things like the controversies around the World Cup. We're at a time when, when brands are so sort of keen on, on, on joining big conversations, showing their purpose and, and everything else. Um, so for a lot of brands, you know, there, there are questions about do they really want to be seen uh, in support or sort of promoting a, a tournament, which a lot of people are, are getting increasingly upset about because of Qatar's uh, human rights records in, in, in particular. But I think the money money side of things is going to be crucial for a lot of brands, you know, um, and, and money as well is on a lot of people's minds at the moment because it's not just going to be midwinter, it's going to be quite a grim winter for a lot of us with the cost of living crisis looming and, and recessions and, and everything else. So do you want a big, huge bells and whistles number or, or do you want to sort of go, go, go a bit quieter as we saw with under lockdown? Lots of adverts about sort of families gathering around tables and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Then you've got the problem is, are you, are you repeating yourself from, from what happened a couple of years ago? Um, so it's going, to, it's going to be a testing time. And I think the, the clever brands um, will, will embrace the challenge and, and, and sort of look to do a, bit, a little bit of both, I think. How much football you then do? I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, we were talking about being a long-suffering England fan. There's no guarantee England are going to go that deep into this tournament. We'll touch wood and fingers crossed and everything else that, that England and Wales... Uh, will do pretty well, but... Yeah, let's not forget Wales. Let's not forget Wales. But the final's on the 18th of December, which is awfully late. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's a week before... I've got to, yeah, my, one of my friends' birthday. It always feels like it's basically Christmas. Yeah. So. Happy birthday, Louis, if you're listening. Yeah. You won't be. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's kind of, after you know, that following week, a lot of offices will be shut. You know, yeah. everybody's going to be in, in full-on Christmas mode and, and, and everything else. If England aren't in that final or Wales, if it's not an England-Wales final, which obviously we're all hoping for. Then yeah, I hope they seeded that correctly so it's possible. Possibly, yeah, hopefully. Um, 
there could be a massive drop off of interest. Mm. So do you want to still be making World Cup ads? Do you want to be spending too much on that? Or do you want to sort of go down the sort of, you know, the Christmas route, basically? Mm. I mean, it's hard because TV is so important to a number of sectors at this time of year. You know, not just retail, obviously, tech and, you know, everyone's minds are focused about having that really strong kind of last quarter of the year, aren't they? Mm. Um, I can't remember the stat, but retailers in particular, it's a huge proportion of their profit comes out in this period. So they can't not be on telly, um, many of them. But then I guess if you combine that with inflation, which has obviously been an issue in television the last 18 months or so, um, I guess it makes for some tricky Tricky decisions. Yeah, and, and and the figures around TV viewing are, are absolutely huge as part of our, our, Arvin's piece. It's like a, a top 10 of, of um, viewing figures. And uh, I think 27.5 million watched England lose to Croatia in 2018. That was a semi-final. I was going to say I remember that, but obviously it wasn't that long ago. I seem to remember Modric had a particularly good game. He did. Yeah, he pulled out all the stops. He was very angry with us afterwards, England, that is. <laughs> Afterwards, I think if he he was he was sort of saying the tabloid press were, were getting ahead of themselves and and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that's I think, classic I, World Cup behaviour, basically. I think sometimes the kind of uh, the self deprecation in the it's coming home doesn't translate to other no. countries always. I think. Yeah. Um, I think it probably sounds more arrogant. Than yeah. So it's intended yeah. by <laughs> yeah. by some people because it was quite nuanced. I mean, everybody sort of knows the, the chorus, but some of the verses are quite sort of yeah. you know. It, it, it is about being a fan and, and and the problems of that. And I think yeah, it's probably seen as a bit gung ho. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, as a challenge. Yeah, I mean the sort of idea that a pinnacle of our sporting achievement is a single tackle by Moore. Yeah. So I guess rhyme comes into it. Um, <laughs> one of the things that Arvin picked up on was from speaking to presumably an assortment of anonymous sources was the cost of 30 second spots. So we have, um, I think the, the kind of prime spots are looking at about 550 grand for a 30 second spot, whereas non-key breaks, it's more like 265,000 pounds. So it's still quite a lot of money. Um, and then for the non-premium fixtures, I guess those are different times a day or not featuring home nations it's more like sort of 70 to 150 grand. Um, and Google Pixel and KFC are the official broadcast partners of the tournament on ITV. We also had a selection of sort of top World Cup ads in the piece. It was a box in the piece and we pu- published it separately online. Um, and MC Saatchi's Sports and Entertainment's global chief exec, Steve Martin, put together the list for us. Um, there's some good picks in there. I really enjoyed watching um, the Carlsberg Old Lions spot featuring Bobby Robson, Jack Charlton and Stuart Pearce. Um, it was created by Richard Denny and Dave Henderson while they were at Saatchi and Saatchi, so um, some time ago. Um, I thought it was quite fun watching those. Yeah, um, they're great, aren't they? I, d- I don't want to give too much away because obviously you can you can log on and, and, and um, read, read through it yourselves, but there are some great ones there. My favourite one's the Nike Airport one, which is the Brazil squad from 1998, which is um, which was lovely with Ronaldo, Originaldo, as he's known, the Brazilian Ronaldo, <laughs> and looking very kind of fresh-faced. It's quite funny when you say Ronaldo to a younger person, isn't yeah. it? They've just got like no memory. Yeah. There's a whole different one. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, uh, so, yeah, so Brazilian Ronaldo um, looking very fresh-faced and quite svelte, actually. If you, if you look at him, if you Google him now, he's, he's quite a size, bless him. That's, that's good living for you. But, um, but yeah, just capturing the sort of the excitement and the, the sexy football that Brazilians were so good at and, mm. and, and hopefully still are, as we'll find out soon. So we also had a couple of columns from creatives about the challenge and opportunities of creating work that straddles both Christmas and the World Cup. Andy Jex, the chief creative officer at TBWA London, 
described it as a great opportunity for brands to grasp. He said it can't be the usual cliches of fan parks, lobster sunburn and burnt barbecues and cold ice beers. The uniqueness of the timing will bring a whole new territory to play in. Um, so Jack says, expect to see a deep fake Bobby Robson as Santa, Jack Wilshire as Tiny Tim, the three wise Ledley Kings, Harry Maguire as Ebenezer Scrooge and Jack Grealish as Gizmo. Who are the Ledley Kings? Ledley King singular. Was, oh, he, okay. he, was, he was a defender um, for Tottenham. And I think he played for England. He had a, it was a really unlucky career, actually. He's kind of an injury-prone player. But, um, yeah, he was, a, he was a defender. I love the idea of Bobby Robson as Santa Claus. <laughs> that would be great, actually. It's really interesting what Andy's saying in that. It, it's, it kind of echoes what I was talking about earlier that we're so used to Summer World Cups and this is going to be different and you are going to have to... Think outside the box, outside the penalty box, even. Um, and, and, you know, it, it is all the, all the horrible things that are going on in the world. And, and you know, a lot of creatives and, and, and copywriters and so on are getting kind of tied in knots about messaging and all the rest of it. This is a good old creative challenge, I think, you know, and, and, and how, we, how we're going to face up to that. And so it uh, be really interesting to see what, what, what comes around over the next uh, Weeks, days, even. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, presumably they're all in like edit suites, if not signed off already. Yeah. Um, We also had a great piece from Richard Knott um, from House 337, formerly known as Engine Creative. So what else is on the agenda for you this week, Matt? Well, I've got to go to the dry cleaners, get my black suit out for uh, for next week's uh, Media Week Awards, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, second Media Week Awards. So you must have enjoyed the first one. I did. I had a great time, actually. It was it was it was so lovely because this was was it, the, I mean, it may have been the first one post lockdown. So just to get everyone back together again and. You know, there, there was just a, a great sort of sense of not just connecting and, and things like that, but just just sort of enjoyment, fun. Yeah. 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 Great. And we've got quite a busy week next week. We have the in housing summit on Tuesday. Yes. And also the um, outdoor media summit on Wednesday. So um, we'll be out and about in town. So um, hopefully see some of you there. Next up, Arvin Hickman speaks to Hermeti Ballerin, ECD at Wyden and Kennedy, Portland, and Lawrence Tehrani Ami, Media Director at Wyden and Kennedy, about the World Cup and its opportunities and challenges. Uh, I guess my first question, it's more of a generic question and, and sort of based on, on, on your, your experiences of looking at different football campaigns of the past. I know it's a bit general and, and it, there's no like, you know, one rule for, for, for all campaigns, but it's more just looking at what makes great football ads or campaigns, just some of the ones that you've observed in the past. Are there any sort of key themes or, or threads that, that, that sort of connect great sporting campaigns? Yeah, I was just trying to think a little bit on that. To your point, there is no like, one side all kind of rule but yeah i think as with every great campaign having a point of view like having something to say that resonates mm-hmm. i think is is one thing a lot of sports advertising has been i mean i'm over generalizing here but it's merged into one like it's uh frenetic cuts lots of cameos uh new media techniques and, and things like that so mm. um, as we were researching some work for um, we're actually doing um, three campaigns um, this year mm-hmm. all of them being produced right now so we we've done quite a lot of digging actually on this topic to go oh shit massive generalization but as of late yeah crazy cuts lots of stuff and not a lot to say mm-hmm. so I think like a dangerous place to be like a lot of great technique but not a real 
resonant, like piercing kind of point of view that people can latch onto. So that would be one. Second that I've been thinking is like scale. Mm-hmm. There's so much loud noises around this kind of competitions. It'd be very hard to cut through if you're if you're a very small player. This yeah. huge moment. So scale uh for sure. Um and then I guess again generic answer, but very important on a very crowded spot like World Cups. Real like flawless execution, like some real quality product to show for your idea. Mm-hmm. So it, it really stands out and is really like magnetic. I know this again is a generic, this applies to all communications, but especially World Cup, there will be so many big attempts there. So the difference might be a detail on how it's executed. If all the other checkpoints have been kind of met. Mm. Yeah. I'll also add, and this is, this is what drives me crazy, both as somebody in this business and also as just like as a sports fan is, is, um, the having a point of view that feels authentic and true. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times you'll see, you'll see just, just the kind of, their brands will buy into it and basically just slap their logo out there or, you know, they don't have the right rights and so everything looks very generic and it feels fake and, and it's, and it, it feels like, I mean, we, we've said this before to clients, like a world-class event should demand world-class marketing. Mm-hmm. And so when you see brands who are, who are participating in these world-class events and it's subpar marketing, it's like, what are you doing, man? You know, it's, 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 it's frustrating because you know that how hard it is to sell great ideas to clients. And then you see that and you're like, how are they not taking advantage of this wonderful opportunity that has been presented in front of them? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, um, we, I was thinking as well, I said like examples, uh, I'll, we'll be biased here, but the, the, the work, that's just gone out of our, of our London office for the Euros. Like just changing the Nike logo to home for mm-hmm. me is like an instant classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has a point of view. Like the the women's game is as good, and it's not edging the quality of the men's game right now. We all, we never talk about it's coming home in the context of the women's game. Mm-hmm. It was executed so pristine, like it's so simple, so beautiful at scale. Um, I just I just got a few um, I'll share because like the guys shared a few of these images and mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find them on Google but I this so like it's so evocative and it just like the reaction that it's got it's so immediate yeah. and ferocious like people are just printing their own they're, they're just trying to get their hands when you get to be can just kind of like wearing your logo on an interview. Yeah. I think you kind of know the yawns or something. Yeah. So yeah, sorry for the shameless plug, but like this just happened, and if all of us like around the whole network just felt like super proud. Mm. But you would think, and this is this is this is again, it goes back to what drives me crazy. Year after year of Nike getting it right in these big events would be a blueprint for so many other marketers. Um, and it's and it's interesting how it how how it hasn't been. I mean, of course, there's copycats, and and and, and you know, we always try to keep things fresh, and and so you know. We never want to like repeat ourselves or do the same thing, but it is it is interesting because just even adding that that bit of of authenticity and point of view that that resonates particularly with like kind of the tip of the spear audience 
it just goes so far, right? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I mean, when, when you were sort of describing that, those sort of things, it, it kind of sounded like you know, coming from a couple of, of blokes who, who might be working with Nike as a client, for example, because that's exactly what their, their ads do, it, and, and they do stand out for that reason. No, no I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all, because Nike is very much seen as an exemplar of, of wonderful sports yeah. marketing, and it always has something very interesting and brave to say, and the execution is, is always flawless. And it's an interesting point that you make about how cliched and and, you know, poor some of the, the other sort of campaigns are. I'm just wondering, you know, we're heading in towards a very different type of World Cup. It's in the winter. Um, you know, in certain markets, you've got Thanksgiving, uh, Black Friday and Christmas, all these different things surrounding the World Cup itself. How do you think brands will tackle this? Because there'll be quite a number of brands who do want to back the World Cup and, and have football sort of led creative, but also mindful that they've got to do the, the, the Christmas campaign type thing. Yeah, well... I'm dreading seeing the Santa Claus kicking the soccer ball. <laughs> that would be so many. I was just like reading this question. Going, like, we are so blessed that none of our briefs try to muddle the waters. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're solely, like, I, I am biased, like, being Brazilian. I'm going, like, sacrilege. Like, this is the World Cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of, like, my mindset. And we're lucky that our, our clients at, haven't briefed us on uh, this Frankenstein. Yeah, grab it all. I think this is. I mean, you, you, you. One of your questions at the end. I think it overlaps a little bit yep. here, but I yep. think where where it's gonna maybe like you know commerce transaction D two C all that kind of stuff. It's in the backdrop, right? Like we're talking about a real fashion point, something that people go crazy for, that has lots of things that are for sale attached to it, mm. and around the time that we're buying presents or discounted things, I, I'm sure a bunch of gifts this year will be soccer-related, for sure. Yeah. I, I also think, like, we need to put all this stuff in perspective. One is, what will happen is, brands will, because of the World Cup, their campaigns will be soccer-themed, and it'll... Inevitably, it won't just run in, in World Cup type, you know, properties, mm-hmm. right? Or agencies. They'll, they'll be running all across the board. And so it, it will be interesting to see the collision. I mean, literally the collision of, of, of Christmas marketing and, 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 and football in that context. I almost said soccer, but, um, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't, like, if we, if we're going to quote us, please don't write soccer. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was quite, I was quite I was taken in fact that Brazilian would actually call it soccer. <laughs> I was teasing Hermie that I was going to call I was going to call football soccer throughout this whole thing because I'm an American, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm sophisticated enough, Arvin, not to do that with you. On the <laughs> I'm a blast. You're like a Steelers fan, so you yes, have, I you have my, the heritage. Yes, yes, I am. I am also a football fan indeed. Uh, but one of the things I was going to say is, and I think what is interesting is, when you brought up like. You know, there is the whole Thanksgiving and Black Friday, and I think Black Friday has become clearly it's it it started in the U.S., but I, I know that the that that Black Friday has started to become something. It's more because then you have Cyber Monday. You know, you have that whole that whole thing, and and so uh, those kind of global sales moments are all part of you know these big companies. You know, Amazon. You know, all that stuff, right? Mm. But what is, but what's really interesting, um, to me this year, and particularly in the U.S., and, and again, I'm, I'm really curious to see how, how brands deal with it. That, that weekend of Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving and week after, it is, it is almost a perfect storm of sport in America, mm-hmm. right? Because you're going to have World Cup, 
and that, and, and particularly in America, that is like the Black Friday is the day of U.S. versus England. Yeah, right? that's right. Yep. That's, yeah, that's that in and of itself is a big thing. Um, I'm not going to the mall that television day. will fly <laughs> off <Yeah>. the shelves. <laughs> but but on top of that, you have you have all the big you know mm-hmm. NFL games and the tradition around NFL mm-hmm. on that weekend. You also have um, massive college. That is a huge college football weekend as well, with with the rivalry games um, typically happening there. It's also you're two weeks into the NBA season as well, mm. and so so you're starting to see. And I think it may even be. I, I think the FedEx Cup is over before. I think there's some, there is some sort of golfy thing that's that'll be happening around that time too. So it is for for us the way we think about it. And and if you think about trying to reach men and 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 sports fans in general, let's don't say I said men, just sports fans in general. Mm-hmm. Like that weekend is is. It is, um, uh, it is kind of like we said, like the perfect storm. It's, it's, you know, the, it, it, we're gonna have a hard time trying to decide what to watch. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do, how do brands get cut through in, in that sort of really, you know, perfect storm type environment where where there's so many different properties competing for attention? Do you play it safe with a generic, powerful ad, or do you go something that's more focused on the World Cup, or, or what, what do you think might happen? Well, I, and, that, and that is the question because there are the big brands who are doing big global spots that are that are that's going to be the creative that's in rotation at that point. Yep. And so it'll be interesting then on those Thanksgiving NFL football games that are so highly rated if some of these big brands just decide to run their World Cup spot in that environment. Mm. You know. Um, and it's and you know it's it's that vice versa too. And that. The interesting thing about about football, and particularly like ads, and particularly in, in I'd say in America or I guess elsewhere, is there's not that much inventory, is there? Right. Mm. Uh, it's not like it's not like football or basketball, or it's not like American football or basketball, where you have all the breaks for for commercials. Breaks. Yeah, a million breaks, right? Yeah, that's right. There's, yeah, there's very little, and so unless you are um, a key sponsor, you're not even going to get near that inventory, mm. right? Because it's good, it's sold out um, essentially. It was nearly sold out. I know, I know sales have been strong. I know that. I, I checked with with some of my buying team, and and globally, football is very. Um, uh, you know, the World Cup is obviously it's 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 one of those key moments for so many brands for for all the right reasons. So um, there is that. There will be, and, and your question is a good one, Arvin. And I think we're all just kind of curious to see what will happen of how. Of how they balance more of a global perspective with with the World Cup, um, with both the holidays and the other things that are happening in culture at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you got a sense? I mean, you're always you're obviously in discussion with brands as we speak, probably preparing yeah. for the campaigns at this time. Have you got a sense for brands of brands thinking around around that and, and how they're going to get that balance right? Or they, what what are you sort of observing in some of those conversations? Well, I, I would. Um, I don't mean to to minimize it, but it, but in the U.S., you know, the World Cup. It, I, I think that the eyeballs on the World Cup, a lot of it will rest on on how well the U.S. team does. Sure. Right? There's there's going to be a base level of people who are, who are who are just pure foot, world football fans, and of course they're going to watch and be engaged in 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 the tournament throughout the whole thing. Um, but I think that. In America, the, the 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 amount of of attention to the World Cup, I think a lot of it will 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 rest on the stories that come out of it, in particular the story about how how and if the U.S. team um, 
moves forward, mm. right? Okay. Just, just on, in terms of, you mentioned before that you were in touch with some of your buying guys and then all, almost all the inventory sold out. Uh, I'm just curious if you have any sort of sense in terms of how much a 30-second spot during the halftime of England versus the US game might be. I imagine that's quite a premium fixture. Um, in yeah. the UK, for example, uh, we, we've learned that it's around £550,000 for a 30-second spot. Do you get a sense for how much it is in the States? I don't know. Well, in the, in the States, because um, you have to buy a package. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, you have to be, um, a sponsor. So, so they're not selling individuals at this point because sure. they don't have to yet. Right. Yep. So they're not selling it individually. Um, I will say it'll be, um, it'll sell at a premium. Um, if they, if you could buy it as just, uh, you know, in that, in that, um, in that break, in that halftime of the U.S. England game, it will sell at a premium, and I would imagine that premium would be somewhat similar to the premium you say at other big events, like like you know um, American football playoffs, like an Oscars or a Grammy or something like that, where you know that 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 it's live sports, so you're, you have a captive audience. And and you know that the people that are watching it um, are leaning into it, right? They're, mm. they're they're very engaged. It's not just something that's kind of on in the background. Uh, I also want to pick up, you know, I guess the white elephant in the room when it comes to preparing for messaging around the Qatar World Cup. I, I don't know what it's like in the US, but in the UK, there's been a lot of controversy reported around not just the awarding, which happened ten years ago, but the delivery of the infrastructure and a lot of you know uh, workers' rights issues, deaths, that sort of stuff, um, and from people. People I was speaking to, brands are a little bit hesitant in, in terms of when they go to market and in terms of what they say. And I know in the UK that what the commercial broadcaster ITV has already told brands that they won't be doing any filming outside of the stadiums. They won't be doing anything that promotes Qatar and they want to keep it just about the sport. I'm wow. curious, um, you know, when you speak to advertisers, whether this is something that's top of their mind and, and, and if so, what, what sort of you know, messaging strategy uh, are they planning to have around the World Cup itself? Are we just going to stick to the football and then that's it? Or what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? I think, again, the same, the same answer, like, uh, it, it's very either, like, football or fan-focused. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, I think, I think, like, I think it's going to, what's going to happen is going to be similar everywhere, right? Like, when, when we get closer to this, those issues are going to resurface with the force, right? Like, mm-hmm. all that narrative is going to be played back again and again yeah. and again. And I think that I think that most brands will just stick very close to the sport, the game, the competition, fans, and nothing else. Mm. Because to your point, there will be a lot of noise like associated with Qatar and FIFA itself. Yeah. Uh, so I think like people will just just blow all of those things wide open again. We're gonna get all of the tragic accidents that happen in the stadiums when they're being built. Yeah, uh, yeah. The fact that it's being played in December, mm-hmm. November, the fact that it needs air conditioning and cooling for it to happen. Yeah. I, I, I assume nobody's going to step out into that arena voluntarily. And well, especially from a marketing standpoint, right? I mean, mm. this is not... Uh, this is... And this is this is that delicate thing with the, with, with the world right now. And I think, you know, you see it playing out a little bit, not 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 even close with with the whole kind of the live tour, right? You know, um, and, um, and the relationship with 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 Saudi Arabia. It is, you know, uh, sport has an amazing ability to um, to galvanize people. It also has an amazing ability to um, 
to 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 highlight some of the uh, injustices of our culture and our society, mm. right? And so, you know, it's um, you don't market to that, and I but but I do think that you um, you have to be aware as a marketer of 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 the issues surrounding these things so that you make the right decisions um, as much as possible. Yeah, right? sure. Yep, and I guess, you know, have very sort of savvy social media folks on hand to, to sort of deal with that if and when it happens because inevitably it seems that it will. Yeah, uh, that would be controversy for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a World Cup without it, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we... we I, I, I mean, we, we went through it with the with the games in Athens. We went through it with the games with the Olympic Games in Rio. You That's know, right, yeah. you see that you see the dead stadiums afterwards. I mean, this is this is this is the the this is the world that it, that we're living in now. I guess you know. Okay. My final question: um, Who's going to win the World Cup? I mean, I have I have <laughs> one answer. That's, that has to be Brazil. Okay, okay. Lawrence, you might have a slightly more diplomatic answer. <laughs> a yeah, I, I, I have because because I can be a neutral. Yeah. And 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 it's I don't think the U.S. will win the World Cup this year. Um, I, I, I like how you caveat up this year. <laughs> you still have hope. <laughs> we're, good. we're hey, we're getting there, mate. Um, <laughs> I love how Italy shocked uh, England with with you know in, in in the Euros last year. I mean, that was you never want to discount Italy, even if they're not, if, even if they don't have like the name players that they used to. Well, I'm going to just go, I'm just going to jump in there and then discount Italy because they didn't actually qualify. So I don't think they're going to be one of them somehow. Uh, you know, it was shocking, but yeah, you know, that that's going to be a, another little narrative on the first few weeks. Right? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet on. Um, you could do France to win in the sweet stakes for sure. France. <laughs> I mean, Bel- Belgium. You would think. I mean, there's so many great players. Mm. Such a small country. It's crazy. Um, I also think that Portugal could be a, a sneaky pick as well, I even though so. they had to sneak their way in. Well, Ronaldo's got one left in him, doesn't he? So if they don't win it this time, when's Portugal going to win it? Yeah. Fantastic. Guys, I think I have to leave it there. But thank you so much for the chat, guys. I really enjoyed it. It was really insightful. And, and yeah, thank, thanks for agreeing to do it. Great meeting you. Thanks, nice Arvin. to meet you too, guys. Thanks, Matt, for joining the podcast today. And thank you to Arvin, Hermeti, and Lawrence. If you'd like to read the articles we've been discussing, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you to our producer, Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio, and also to you for listening. I hope you join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye.